0: the music industry or just a creative career in general is tough as it is, add in being highly sensitive and it's even harder.
1: Welcome to the Healthy Wealthy Wise Artist Podcast. Ready to journey in boundless creativity, purpose, and adventure as a creative soul? Hey, I'm Lara Bianca Pilcher. I'm passionate about empowering you to live out your creative dreams and nurture yourself at the core of your journey. Let's delve into the art of vibrant living, artistry, and creative expression. As an artist, actor, and showbiz educator, with over 20 years of experience in the arts and entertainment industry across London, Australia, and now Atlanta, USA, I'm here to guide you through the twists and turns of this ever-evolving creative world. As an educator and life coach, I've had the privilege of guiding aspiring and professional artists and creative people from all walks of life. So when you tune into this podcast, you can expect nothing less than genuine conversations that have shaped my journey. It's a brave adventure I'm excited to share with you. Imagine this podcast as your masterclass where you'll learn how to craft a fulfilling and vibrant creative life. Get ready for the Healthy Wealthy Wise Artist Podcast, your key to unlocking the full potential of your creative soul. Stay tuned for enlightening conversations, practical tips and inspiring stories that will elevate your artistry, life and creative journey. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, Healthy Wealthy Wise Artist. I'm your host, Laura, and we're diving into a topic that many of us can relate to, being a highly sensitive person. Have you ever been told... You need to get a thicker skin or you've thought that about yourself or found yourself repeating the mantra to cope with the challenges of daily life. Get a thicker skin. (laughs) If so, you're not alone. As a highly sensitive person, navigating through conflict, creativity, artistry, criticism or just absorbing other people's negative energy a lot can feel like a real struggle. In this episode, I have a special guest joining me, Steph, who's a talented Los Angeles recording artist, and she'll share her story of sitting in her therapist's office at 30 years old and discovering that she was a highly sensitive person, commonly referred to as an empath, which just means somebody that has a lot of empathy. Other people might have other definitions, but that's my definition. Her journey is a fascinating exploration of self-discovery and learning how to navigate the unique challenges and gifts of being highly sensitive. Our ability to feel things deeply in a unique way is part of being a creative, part of being an artist and it can propel you forward in your personal and professional life when you know how. I would say that I am a highly sensitive person as well and it has definitely played a wonderful pivotal role in shaping my journey and the work that I do in the artist world. So throughout the episode, there'll be practical strategies that have helped me and Steph leverage this gift while minimizing its downsides. So if you've ever wondered how to turn your sensitivity into an asset, stay tuned My goal is that the lessons resonate with you and offer valuable guidance on embracing your sensitivity, also upping your self-care for the kind of personality you have and being a healthier, wealthier, wiser artist. Let's dive in. Welcome, Steph. Now, you create self-care resources for artists, and I'm going to get you to share all about that. But let's start with your story as to why. Why did you feel the need to create these resources for others. What, what brought you to that place?
0: Sure. So I've spent about two decades in the music industry as an artist and a songwriter. And when I first started at about 18, I suffered from severe depression for about six months and my entire life sort of just blacked out. And I had no idea how to cope with depression, didn't know what was happening to me. And at my worst was suicidal. didn't want to be here anymore. And so that was my first sort of real challenge as a young adult in a, in a new sort of world and, and, and going after a, a career that's really unconventional. And then fast forward to being about 30, I'm sitting in my therapist's office and she asked me if I knew what empaths and highly sensitive people were. And I was like, no, what's that? And she kind of broke it down. I was like, wait a second. This is what I've been my entire life. Had I known just a couple of things, a couple of coping techniques or strategies, things could have been a lot different for me. The music industry or just a creative career in general is tough as it is. Add in being highly sensitive and it's even harder. I must admit, um, because I haven't used the word empath a lot
1: in my own vocabulary. I did look it up because I was like, what exactly is that? But what's after your research, how would you describe, we know what highly sensitive person means. So what's an empath?
0: (laughs) If I could just sum it up in two words, I would say emotional sponge, you know, like if we're (laughs) emotional sponges, we absorb people's energies. We pick up so many different things throughout the day. If we're around large groups of people, we sense little nuances that things that most people might miss whether it's you know a certain gesture or a tone of voice or little things like that we kind of have spidey senses right and then mm. it sort of goes into our bodies it goes into our brains and sometimes we we just generally need a lot more time at the end of the day to sort of debrief and de-stress and let go of these energies because they kind of they move through us a little bit differently so for example I like to refer to my my husband as like, you know, not that he doesn't have empathy, but the difference between an empath and a non-empath, if, you know, if he's, he's like the, you know, the Keurig coffee that brews in five seconds, right? That's his emotional filter. Whereas I'm like the big pot of coffee. It takes me, you know, a solid five minutes to brew coffee. Like that's how my emotional filter works. It just takes longer.
1: Do you think, what came first, chicken or the egg with artists, are empaths attracted to us? the artist world or do you think like that's generally we're more inclined towards it or do you think it's just everywhere?
0: Totally I think I think well it makes sense that we're drawn to the arts because art requires sensitivity so it actually makes a lot of sense that most artists creatives are highly sensitive highly empathic because we pull so much from our intellect or our emotions to create art, to create our writing, to create our, whatever it is that we're creating. So, you know, I think we're the perfect conduits for creativity, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're only in creative fields, like one in five people are empaths. That's the, that's the going that. Mm-hmm. And so it can be yoga teachers. It could be people in healthcare. You know, these are all people that, you know, quote unquote, aren't necessarily what the typical how you would be creatives, but they still experience the, the, the struggle of being
1: highly sensitive. That's so fantastic. Now you've identified a gap in the self-help market regarding the mm-hmm. specific needs of creative artists and the challenges that we face in our lifestyles. So delve into the challenges that you think sensitive individuals <laughs> um yes. in the you know what 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 kind of <laughs> challenges would you say are the main ones any insights that would be useful for our listeners around that area
0: sure i mean i think being your own boss is one of the biggest struggles because mm. every single day it's on you from the second that you wake up to how your workday goes to how you run your business it's all on you so whether or not you have, you know, issues with anxiety, depression, ADHD, or whatever, like whatever those things are that may already be sort of factors that you have to sort of deal with and cope with you. It's all on you as a creative Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. So I think that lifestyle just in general, it's not the norm. It's not a nine to five. There's nobody to answer to. So (laughs) the responsibility on yourself and how you drive your success really comes down to you. So I think that pressure alone on top of having to pull from your creative well all the time, mm-hmm. it's, it's a perfect recipe for a mental health disaster. That's, why, <laughs> I mean, really that's why I was like, okay, like we need a book that, you know, caters to this lifestyle. So I would say, yeah, root, having mm-hmm. routines that work for you and as a creative, everybody's going to respond to routines differently You know, for the longest time, I was a night owl in my 20s. And that's when I was most creative. And, you know, I one of the things I talk about in the book is finding out that sweet spot where you're the most creative in the day and tailoring your entire day around that time. So that'll Mm -hmm. really help you set yourself up for success. If you just pinpoint that one point, maybe it's 5 a.m. when you write the best, you know, it's like, can you tailor your day around that time? So little things like that.
1: Very, very helpful. And statistically, artists are 10 times more likely to experience depression. Why do you think that is in your opinion? Why so common depression?
0: Yeah, I think I I really believe that drawing the connection between artists, empaths and highly sensitive people and creatives has been a little bit overlooked. Like it's, I think it's just the pure fact that we are often empaths and therefore we just think and feel much more deeply, <laughs> <So> <laughs> you <true>. know, yeah. <laughs> it's, I think that alone, that alone is, is a struggle. And if you don't know how to support yourself, for example, you know, they recommend up to two hours of alone time a day just for an empath to unwind. And if you're not getting that, you know, over time, compound over time, you know, it's kind of like a pressure cooker, right? So, I think that those two things of the fact that you just based on your uh, your character trait, you need extra time, and if you're not able to give that to yourself, it can it can be a disaster. So, I think I think that's really the reason why drawing that connection that artists are often empaths.
1: That's so true, and I I think sometimes when we don't realize that it, we compare ourselves, it's that comparisonitis thing to yeah. somebody. Maybe it's our spouses um, that just right. doesn't need that. That there seems to be like the right. slow burn energy versus yeah. <laughs> the caffeinated <Yeah>. squirrel that <laughs> that we can yeah. be. Yeah. Um, but that's actually really interesting to hear that it's like two hours. That I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I love being with mm-hmm. people. Definitely um, an extrovert, but definitely love to recharge alone which I imagine you would be the same yeah
0: yes 100%
1: yeah so having gone through depression yourself which you shared about you developed some tools to overcome it yourself Um, you talk about the shortlist technique I believe and a method for helping can you share a little about what that is
0: Sure. So when I was depressed, I really was not functioning at all. Like I was in bed most days. I was either not sleeping or sleeping all day. I wasn't eating. It was just, it was a disaster. Like I just couldn't function. And also, my emotions were all over the place, couldn't control anything. Everything was just a fog, you know? So functioning in general was difficult. So I created the short list, which kind of got me through it and the short list was three to five small manageable tasks. It could be whatever you want it to be. It could be take a shower, take a walk, get 10 minutes of sunshine, do one work task, phone a friend, whatever it is, like whatever those small manageable tasks look like to you and it gave me something to do. So I was again, like just not functioning, having a hard time getting out of bed. And if I got up, if I managed, you know, if I was awake, I'd be like, all right, let's pull out the short list, three to five things. That's what we're doing today. And little by little, I was able to just gain a little bit of traction with some momentum. And that momentum is what kind of got the ball rolling again. And eventually I started to feel a little bit more like myself. That sounds so simple
1: and easy to achieve. And I know that depression feels like um, like you could spend your whole days just watching Netflix and not realizing that you've watched eight episodes and the day's gone. It's almost like you're in a vortex, isn't it? Of um, mm-hmm. just apathy, I think is a really good word. It's like you lose your energy, you lose your mental vitality. So little things mm-hmm. like that can be so good just to be able to go, how can I pull myself out of this
0: yes, this vortex? Yes. And I remember having a lot of patience too which was really mm. important because there were days where for example like i would one of the things that was on my short list was to pick up my guitar for 10 minutes you know cuz at the time i was also experiencing writer's block i was depressed and i had writer's block so <laughs> i couldn't write any songs i wasn't you know i wasn't inspired nothing was coming to me but part of my short list was pick up the guitar for 10 minutes just pick it up mm. for 10 minutes write Something or try to write, even if it's one line, one lyric, just whatever, and not put so much pressure on myself and just I, giving myself a lot of patience. So if I picked up that guitar for 10 minutes, that was a win. You know, if I didn't write a song that day, that's okay. So the, the combination of the short list and just having tons of patience and compassion for myself, that was, that was what changed it for me. Would you say
1: living in LA, does that work for or against your mental health?
0: (laughs) Oh, interesting question. Um, I guess it depends on your experience, right? Because, you know, a place is just a place and everybody can have a very different experience in the same place. Um, You know, I, I moved to Los Angeles because it's basically the center of the music industry. And you know, the weather's lovely and I can afford to own a house. And, you know, so I was living in New York and it was just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's get out of here. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Love New York. But yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to move on. So I think, I think it just depends on your experience. And generally speaking, the location and the place for me is, is, is happy. It's sunny. The weather's nice. I have tons of space. I, you know, it's, it's, you know everybody's friendly and talks to each other but you know i think it's also just the music industry in general it, it just has it it has its it has its challenges you know and that's kind of its own thing i think as opposed to just being connected to the place
1: Mm, Very good answer. Safe for all the LA listeners too. (laughs) You're safe, you can stay. (laughs) Um, Considering the often demanding and sometimes stressful nature of creative work, it's not sometimes, it's often stressful really, (laughs) could you give listeners a glimpse into how they can create a healthier balance between creative pursuits, which is a very energetic go, go, go thing, and Mm -hmm. overall well-being like how can they balance that in your opinion a little better
0: well I think everything really starts with awareness like I know that's such a cliche answer but it really is the truth like having those times to check in with yourself and get aware of what's going on For example, I went to therapy one time and I was having a meltdown. I was like, can you give me some self-care tips? And she sent me, and I was prepared for like, you know, dealing with childhood trauma and like what all the heavy stuff, right? And she was like, go home, monitor your sleep, monitor your diet, monitor your exercise and monitor your, your water intake. He sent me home with the basics. And I was like, seriously, that's it. (laughs) I paid you for that. But what was so funny about it was I went home and I was failing miserably at all the basics. So it was just that I was missing that awareness. Like I wasn't even aware that my basics were really low. And that's something that I talk about in the book as well is like really checking in on those basics. Um, Because sometimes we overcomplicate it and those four things can make all the difference in the world between feeling good that day, or making a good decision that day, or feeling creative, you know, so those those four things are so simple, but so impactful. And then once you're nailing those basics, then you can kind of up your, you know, what do you want to tackle next in terms of your self-care? So is there one, particular,
1: say, yeah, like w- one particular, yeah, like one particular method of self-care that you're like, that is weird, but it really works for me. <laughs>
0: I, so I was dealing with some trauma and I needed to release it. So one of the things that I picked up in my spiritual journey was to write down the quote unquote rage or the anger or whatever on a piece of paper and light it on fire. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that was really powerful for me because, you know, my whole life is in journals. I write everything down and like, kind of keep everything. And, but this, it was like, I write it down and I burn it and it's destroyed and it, the smoke carries it away and it's transmuted mm-hmm. and it's like just no longer exists anymore. So, um, when I first heard about it, I was like, really, you want me to completely destroy it? <laughs> like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that the process of that was really helpful. It definitely felt good on my soul to release something through the element of fire.
1: Mm, and it's very, it's actually very visceral and very creative as well. Doing something mm-hmm. like that to release. I used to write things on a piece of paper, um, and then I had a little box that when it, once it went in the box, um, my worry box or whatever, then it was, uh, it was released. Um, just these little yeah. creative acts can be s- super empowering, can't they? And yes. really, really helpful, uh, <laughs> so you don't burn the house down.
0: In <laughs> yeah fire safe container okay <laughs> yeah
1: your know, dedication to empowering creatives emotionally and creatively is really inspiring and, and and rare um can you share any other personal discoveries or experiences that shaped your understanding of the importance of self-care for the creative community
0: sure i think just in general like being a songwriter in the room with many other creatives all the time it's, I've been in the room enough times to see the common threads that everybody deals with the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's got something going on. And like in the songwriting room, like that's when you get to see people most vulnerable and sharing their personal stories. And, you know, like that's sort of like the magic part of the, you know, as a songwriter, it's getting to sort of hear behind the curtain into other people's lives. And so while I get to have these private moments with all these people, I see all the same things. So I think that's something that is just kind of like a nice little comforting, you know, thing for everybody to know is that like whatever you're going through, there's probably somebody going through something similar or, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not alone in your experience. It's so true. Just the other day. (laughs) my little girl
1: my daughter it's just this is an example of that said I don't tell anyone at school that sometimes I still come to your bed because I'm scared at night she's only eight but she felt shame and often we feel shame because we think we're alone and I said she said nobody else at school is going through this and I said well how do you know they're not all like you just because they don't say it because they feel shame and I think the same with artists is that Unless we outright tell each you know, our community we're totally. struggling, we, w- we wouldn't release the same information from other people. And like you said, totally. it really is, I would say as well, the majority of creatives mm-hmm. that are, in a you know, have said, I'm going to make it my career rather than my yeah. hobby, definitely. How do you envision the future of the creative community changing and evolving, considering the increasing emphasis on collaboration and empathy in your world? And do you foresee like changes or developments that could positively impact the industry for well-being?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think the conversation around mental health is definitely improving but there's still tons of stigma and there's still sort of like this air of like let's all just showcase all the wonderful successful things and amazing things about our life all the time and not share the crappy things that are going on. <laughs> so, you know, and social media has a lot to do with that, just just, you know, the way our society's kind of built and our belief systems around that. But I do think that we're getting to a point where people just need it. They need mm. the support. They need the truth. They need to be honest and real and open and vulnerable and and connection too and create connection with one another because mm. we're so good at being disconnected now. <laughs> so we really're yes, in the world mm. of AI and everything, but like human connection is never gonna not be important.
1: Mm. So I
0: think we're kind of at this tipping point where things have to change for the better in terms of well-being and, and our and our mental health and how we take care of ourselves. Otherwise, it's just, it's not going to work out. <laughs> so yeah. um, the other thing that I was going to mention is that I really, as part of my mission is to just really nurture the community. So, you know, I created the Songwriter Series, which is a, a one-to-one mentorship program online. Anyone can tune in and get mentored by hit songwriters and Mm-hmm. That's something I never had growing up was being able to just be in the room with people that are really doing it and get a chance to, you know, learn from, you know, top top songwriters, top people in the in the industry. So I really want to start curating and nurturing the community with feminine leadership because, you mm-hmm. know. The industry is still very male dominated and I would like to change that. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: true. It's true. Especially when you get into the roles of leadership, um, directing, producing those sorts of things, you're right. It's actually really lovely to see more women just take, take that ground and take that place. It's very liberating for us females.
0: <laughs> yes, 100%.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And you're committed to fostering a supportive network where artists and creatives can freely exchange experiences. One of those it's through the Songwriter Series you mentioned and they can navigate challenges and celebrate successes. So why do you believe in the power of collaboration, open dialogue and empathy to break barriers? What is it about collaboration that you think works?
0: I think, well, part of the reason why I created the songwriter series is because I invested in my own coaching this past year as well. And I, you know, writing a book was a brand new thing for me, didn't know what I was doing. And I joined a group of writers and other women that are all writing books and really, truly supporting each other. So I was on the receiving end of that nurturing and you know being amongst other people that are doing similar things that you're doing and truly supporting each other. And that was something that I hadn't really experienced in my life. And I was like, where is this in the music industry? Because this is so powerful. And if I was able to create something like this and give this to the community, what, what would people be able to do? You know? Like mm-hmm. what projects would transpire what artists would come out of the woodwork what what songs would be created if we were supportive this way as opposed to just being lone wolves all the time and like you know kind of keeping to our own corners or whatever so i think that was the big difference was i was able to be in a room with women that are doing things that i was wanting to do and feeling truly supported and i wanted to replicate that in some sort of way in the music industry so i think when other artists can be in the room and see other songwriters that are, you know, doing new things and and truly really supporting each other. Okay, no competition, no none of that. Like really like, hey, you got a you got a big song? Good for you. Like congratulating each other, you know, like that culture has not quite hit yet. You know, I think there's still definitely like competition and you know, especially amongst women too. So and and, and I, I really want to see that change.
1: Mm, and what do you think the root of why we tend to particularly as women, but it's obviously not just women. Why do you think competition rather than cheering, like cheer rather than kind of tearing down? What do you think that is?
0: Right. I, you know, I can't say for sure, but at least in my experience, I'm just pulling from my experiences, like just in general, like if I was to just go back to high school, for example, right. Mm Let's high school. It's it's about the boy, right? Like, oh, the boy, yeah. which you know, getting the boy. And if you don't get the boy, it's like, oh, the other girl got the boy. So, it, like, yeah. uh, some mm-hmm. of our first neurological experiences with other girls, very early on in life, add some sort of tinge of competition in it and we weren't necessarily put in situations where we're supposed to support each other so I just think it's just something that like again I can't say for sure that that's like everybody's experience but in my experience I think that that's sort of like our brain sort of put things in a certain category and then we never really learned how to really not identify each other as a threat or a competition but rather a peer, a friend, a collaborator uh, you know, that kind of thing. So
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. We, it's probably learned behavior. We haven't learned to actually flip mm-hmm. that that switch in our brain. That is a really good answer. What advice or message would you like to share with our audience to encourage them in their journeys of becoming more self-care prone?
0: Oh, I love that. Um, I would just say that I would, I would explore a bit of of, of a mindset. Sometimes we pick up mindsets that don't serve us. And if you're not taking care of yourself, there's probably a good reason that you have this mindset that's blocking you. It could be something from your parents or something you picked up in society or whatever. Like There could be a mindset that's blocking you. So explore that mindset and challenge it and, and know that self-care is going to be the, the key for your overall success and well-being long-term.
1: Mm, that's so good. What advice now would Stephanie give her younger self? like you said, twenty years you've been doing this. It's a it's a while, yeah. What would you say to young Stephanie that that you know now that you wish you knew then? <laughs>
0: um, I would just say to just have more fun, you know, I think when I first started, I was very very serious and like i still am I, i'm a capricorn okay like we work really hard we're very serious you know um and i've you know obviously being married to my husband he's like kind of you know he shows me the humor and the fun and things a lot more but as a kid i took things really seriously and i think if i could go back in time i would just tell her to just have a little more fun don't worry so much about x y and z and it's all gonna work out and there's lots of excited things in store
1: yeah mm, so beautiful it's so nice to be able to speak to our younger inner child and just say hey yeah it's gonna be all right yeah it's very healing um thank you so much for these valuable insights mm-hmm. and tips and your dedication to enhancing the well-being of artists is just really really valuable so thank you so much for joining us thank you thanks for having me this is fun where can listeners find you online
0: sure i'm on instagram probably the most i'm also on tiktok I'm on Facebook too. I'm I'm not on there as much, but I, I am on there. So I would say Instagram and then my emails info at Stephanie Frizel.com. And yeah, I'm definitely reaching out to people. So if you want to get in touch, just hit me on on my socials. Great. So to finish,
1: let's talk about accepting your gift of sensitivity because it's not about toughening up it's about smartening up and getting wise with how you handle it so I'm going to give you three takeaways to finish the episode number one prioritize your well-being that means if you know that you're a sensitive person don't start your day scrolling social media and letting your heart get triggered and your mind get triggered start your day intentionally with self-care rituals like a workout nutritious food journaling before you let the world in and avoid immediately diving into emails and things like that so that you can set a positive tone for the day also work out where the negative energy is coming from in your life consider that the source of the question could be for others who when they say that to me what is their motivation and when you're confronted with it is there any truth in it because understanding why someone else is being critical or you've perceive them to be critical can really empower you to respond more effectively. Often, if it's something negative on social media or whatever, it's more about them than you. And three, feel what you feel, but don't attach to it. Don't dwell on it. Allow yourself to feel any emotion or pain briefly, but avoid attaching and getting stuck there and dwelling on it and letting the mental drama take over. Acknowledge the hurt in your body and give it a place and a time, and then say goodbye to it and focus on healing instead of dwelling on the negative emotions. So make sure you join me on social media. I would love to have you follow me on Instagram. or Facebook under Lara Bianca Pilcher. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. Jump on and give us a five-star review. I would love that. It means so much. It helps us go up in the algorithm and gets more people listening. Anyway, guys, until next time, bye. Phew, today's masterclass is done. I love reaching back and saying, I've done this and helping you learn the easy way. If you want more, head to larabiancapilcher.com for show notes, links, freebies, my blog, coaching, and courses. And you can also head to my socials, Lara Bianca Pilcher on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on Twitter and Pinterest. Thanks again for listening. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to me. And of course, keep on living the healthy, wealthy, wise artist living towards your dream life. Bye, friends. P.S. shout out to my hottie hubby, Andrew Pilcher, who does all the editing on this podcast.